You're listening to Surrounded by History, a podcast of the Blue Earth County Historical Society. Produced by Radio Mankato with your host, Historical Society Executive Director Jessica Potter. And now, Surrounded by History. Hello and welcome to Surrounded by History. I'm your host, Jessica Potter, with the Blue Earth County Historical Society. Joining me today is Jeff Lang with Radio Mankato. Every week, this program explores the history all around us, the history in plain sight. For the next few segments of Surrounded by History, we will dig into the history, the stories behind some of our city parks. Over the years, the Historical Society has collaborated with the city of Mankato to create a heritage plaque program that places green, cast iron, historic plaques around our community, highlighting our local historic places. There are currently 18 heritage plaques installed around Mankato at historic buildings and homes and some of our city parks. Today, we hope you will enjoy being surrounded by the history of Sibley Park. So, to get our bearings of where we're at, Sibley Park is located officially at 900 Mound Avenue. That means absolutely nothing to most of us, but (laughs) um, for the purposes of thinking, this is at the confluence, which means the place where the two rivers merge. Um, (laughs) Using a big word to describe, it doesn't help. I know. At the confluence of the Minnesota and Blue Earth Rivers. Um, This is, it's a space all of its own. It's kind of hard to explain really where it is, but it's along those two rivers. Um, Today, this very popular park features picnic grounds. Um, large open green space. It always has um, a petting zoo. Um, the It's home to our very well-known, I want to say famous Kiwanis Holiday Lights. Um, and so at this park, you will also find a green heritage plaque. Um, so this, this history of Sibley Park actually goes back to the early days of Mankato being founded. Because it's at the confluence of the Blue Earth and the Minnesota Rivers, this was a natural place where people that were traveling by boat um, would be getting off and checking out the environment around them, checking out to see if this was a cool place to live. In fact, the founders of Mankato, um, P.K. Johnson and Henry Jackson, um, were known to have gotten off the boat in about this area and decided to settle the town of Mankato back in the 1850s. Um, But the the area that is Sibley Park, um, the early history of it really goes before it became a city park. It was being used as a gathering space, but it wasn't by the city of Mankato. It was by the Southern Minnesota Livestock and Fair Association. which they built a fairground in this area and included a racetrack um, featuring a wooden grandstand. I mean, think of this, 1880s. A big wooden grandstand, a starter judging tower at the finish line, and a rail line dirt track. Wow. I know. Think about this in the 1880s. Right. There's a lot going on in that. I mean, there's a lot in that park. There's a lot of room. Right. But at the same time, for all of that. I know. It's really hard to wrap your brain around. So the first fair that they had in 1884 was um, hailed by the Mankato Free Press at the time as the best ever fair held in Minnesota. (laughs) 
So it must have been awesome. Um, so the grandstand that I talked about was especially built for this fair um, in 1884. And they also built a livestock building and had a floral hall um, besides the racetrack. So um, very interesting to think about all of this coming together. And they were celebrating um, agriculture and, you know, it's an early fair. That, what I need to point out, though, is the Blue Earth County Fair was already had been happening at this time. Oh, it already had started. Mm-hmm. Really? Yep. So there's kind of competing fairs in a way. Well, then here's a question: How did the? I, I, I won't ask where how the Blue Earth County Fair ended up where it is. That's for a different day, maybe. But how about, this question was my first one: Is which side of the hill was this fair on? Was it on the river side or was it on the train track side? It was Do on. We know? Yeah, it was on. Actually, it was on the river side. It was on the river side. Okay. Yep. Yep. I'm just trying to put my head on I what know. it looked like. So. I know. This is really, and it is kind of hard to wrap your brain around because of where the racetrack was and all of mm-hmm. these different things. So um, the park that we know today as Sibley Park officially became Mankato's first city park, city park in 1887 when the city bought 120 acres of land from the Givens family. Um, and they also later that year bought the land from the Southern Minnesota Livestock and Fair Association. They bought that fairground. Okay. Um, so they bought that whole big parcel of land, and they dedicated it as a the first city park for the city of Mankato. Um, so let's go back and talk about those that racetrack a little bit more because the even though the city now owned it, they still kept up the racetrack. And the racetrack, um, horse racing, was a very popular sport. I mean, it still is. I mean, people still get dressed up for the Kentucky Derby. But, right. Um, so it was, it was a very popular sport. And um, – so the, the races that were happening were very traditional, that neck-to-neck horse race. Um, but a lot of those were usually locally owned and locally ridden horses. So it wasn't like somebody was traveling all over the United States right. to come here and do a race. Um, there were bigger races, these sweepstake races that maybe would have had some people traveling outside of the area. Um, in the winter, they had art, ice harnesses um, activities, events that were happening. But the one that, um, that I love... That they they had down here, they had bicycle races. That is fun. So um, bicycles were a novel way of getting around um, prior to the automobile. Was this um, be the big tire, the front little tire, and the back bicycles? No, not okay. necessarily. Because <laughs> the traditional bicycle that we still have today, um, you would see a lot of these bicycles okay. around town at, at this time in, in Mankato's history. Um, it was very common um, that you'd see those and also horse-drawn vehicles. Um, this is really before the automobile got very popular in the downtown or in the community. Um, so I just, I love it. There's actually photographs in the, at the historical society that show a lineup of bicycles doing a bike race um, out at this this racetrack. So That's really cool. Pretty neat. Um, the racetrack really remained popular until the 19-teens, but then it started to kind of lose its popularity. But um, that was mainly because there were some new pastimes that entertained people like uh, baseball okay. and golf. So at one time they became very big at that time. They became very big at that time. At one time they weren't um, that popular, and that became a very popular pastime. And so that kind of pushed out the the bicycle races and the horse races. And then, of course, with the advent of the automobile, then racing changed as, as racing well. Racing changed its to actual horsepower yeah. and not actual horsepower. <laughs> yeah, nice figurative horsepower, not literally. <laughs> there you go. Um, but one of the uh, 
one of the long-lasting uh, attractions at Sibley Park um, was something that started in 1907, and that was the Sibley Park Zoo. Um, the the zoo started in 1907 with one bear. <laughs> In a cage. Um, that's it? That's it. That's oh, how they got started in 1907. You got to start somewhere. You got to start somewhere. Um, but over the years, I have read about the different animals they've had out at the at the zoo when it was in its, like, prime. It, absolutely mind-boggling. Um, monkeys, uh, African pigs, prairie dogs, timber wolves, minks, llamas, deer, elk, bison, rabbits, ducks, chickens. Um, I just, I can't, I mean, there's this mix of, of what, a monkey and, yeah, prairie dogs. I mean, so it just, it kind of crazy to think about what's out there. But um, that will do- always go down in the record books as the most interesting animals that lived at the zoo were a, a duo, best friend duo named Mutt and Jeff. Oh, you know, did you like that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this was a lion and a dog duo um, that became best friends in the 1930s. Mutt was the name for the lion, <laughs> oh. not the dog. Oh. <laughs> um, so Mutt the lion was born at the zoo in 1932, and his mother didn't want to take care of him. Um, and so the superintendent at the time, park superintendent, was his name's Clarence Staley. He took care of um, little Mutt, and he made him the litter mate to Jeff, the dog. <laughs> so he kind of paired them up to take care of each other, and they lived and played together, and just, they didn't know any different. They just grew up together. Um, and it there's there's a photograph in the at the historical society of this big lion and this dog. And they're living in the same cage and everything. I mean, they were just best of friends. Well, it became quite a, um, quite a sight to see. So as you can imagine, that brought lots of people down to the Sibley Park Zoo in the 1930s. Um, but they also received um, national acclaim. Uh, they were lent to the Como Park Zoo in St. Paul in 1933 because everybody wanted to see them, and obviously St. Paul's bigger than Mankato. Um, they were requested to make an appearance at the World's Fair in Chicago in 1934, but the um, the zoo uh, caretakers refused. They didn't really want the 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 to duo travel that far, right? And the duo to be on display that way. Um, but they were featured in a Ripley's Believe It or Not cartoon. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. So this unlikely duo lived in harmony for about 10 years until the lion passed away. Um, and But it's just a fun, fun story. And there's a fun photograph that goes along with it, this unlikely um, duo that, that lived together at the Sibley Park Zoo. And it's crazy to think that, I mean, I guess probably other parks around the country are probably owned and operated by the city. But the Mankato had a park that, I mean, we still have this park that has somewhat of a zoo. Right. But that had lions in I know. it. And, like, it's just amazing to think about that. We have that. And then uh, on top of that, an attraction like this. Exactly. That would get so much social media buzz today. Right. Oh, gosh. Could you imagine? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I think your social media buzz of the 1930s was have a Ripley's Believe It or Not cartoon That's made true. after That's you. That's true. That's very true. You know, so... Very, uh, yeah, it is. It's mind-boggling to imagine this kind of these kind of animals at our local zoo. Um, Was the zoo where the zoo stands now? Mm-hmm. Okay. Roughly in about that same area. Okay. Yep, different types of cages. Right. Um, it was more I mean, very traditional looking um, style, but uh, yeah, probably about the same area. Okay. 
So the, I have an interesting story. Um, I mentioned early on that the park superintendent, his name was Clarence Staley. Um, he was the park superintendent for 22 years. Um, so his job was then to take care of all city parks. But he was really really tied to the zoo. And he became the authority on these animals. I mentioned that as little um, lion mutt was born, you know, Clarence Staley kind of took care of him and and nursed him to, to health, so to speak, and, and, and found a little friend for him. Um, so he had no problem. All the animals knew him, felt comfortable around him. He felt comfortable around them. He would move in and out of the car- carriages, no problems. Um, and in fact, there were some bears that were also part of the of the um, zoo, and he had these since they were little tiny cubs. He took care of these bears and raised them into the the full size bears they were. Well, unfortunately, on November fifteenth in nineteen thirty four, Staley entered the bear cage. Um, he had to retrieve. I just this one just gets me. Retrieve a purse that a woman had dropped inside the cage. So if you ever get a chance to see pictures of the like you were asking me before of the cages. Yep. It literally was a cage and then there was an iron bar that that served as a don't cross this line. You know, all, all you needed for security back yeah, then, yeah, right? Yeah. Exactly. You know, now we we see on the news how some really smart person like jumps into the lion cage with people and they right. don't think anything of it. Okay. So this lady must have been holding a purse, she dropped it, it fell into the lion's cage or into the bear cage. So um, Staley went in to take to go ahead and, and get the lady her purse back. But unfortunately, when he walked in, the male bear felt very threatened or something, and he kind of snapped. And he went after Staley um, and grabbed him by the throat and actually dr- tried to drag him back into their den. Um, and so uh, there was <laughs> – I love this story. When you read it in the newspaper, it's so detailed um, because at this time, uh, the, the local print media would give you every little tiny detail but there was this young man who was who was uh, just target shooting so he of course has his gun so he comes in and to save Staley he actually shot the male bear oh, wow. um, and they were able to um, to get to Staley the female bear was hysterical as well they had to shoot her and um, by the time they got to Staley he was he was dead oh. he was so he did not um, he did not survive this attack. These two little, these two bears that he had raised as cubs. Again, the reminding that they are wild animals. Right. So, um, so Staley, who was only I think in his early fifties um, and had dedicated twenty two years of his life, and really kind of goes down. Anybody that does any research on the history of Sibley Park, Clarence Staley really goes down in the record books as someone. A really intimately tied with the zoo and the park. So a, a very sad story um, about about one of our incidences in that Sibley Park. Um, and unfortunately, tragedy struck again. Um, I have only bad news today, but um, tragedy <laughs> struck again in the 60s, the 50s and the 60s, but in particular in 1961 and 1965. As I mentioned early on, I used that big word confluence. Mm-hmm. Um, the Minnesota and Blue Earth Rivers are right there. And as we it, that live here, we know these they, they overfill their banks quite often, um, and there's always been massive flooding in the park. 
Um, 61 and 65 were really big years for flooding. Um, 61, they were able to really save all the animals. They were able to get to them. And um, <laughs> I read the the newspaper account of this one. They were like putting animals in trash cans just to keep them safe from the water. They were um, they talked about putting a certain animal in the bathrooms at Highland Park to keep them safe. <laughs> you know, it was, they were just moving the animals. Where do you, where do you put a lion or a <laughs> exactly. bear at the time? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Just putting the putting the animals wherever they could to keep them safe. And most of them survived. Only a few didn't survive because they couldn't get to them. But however, 1965 flood actually went down um, in the, the record books as a very severe flood of the Minnesota River Valley. Um, major flooding in 1965 throughout, throughout the Minnesota River Valley. And um, the dike broke. There was a, a dike that was built, a, a flood wall that was built, um, not our concrete flood walls, but just a man-made flood wall that was that was built and it broke. And all of that water flooded into the park, into the, the zoo area. Um, there was not enough time to get the animals mm-hmm. out. And then, so unfortunately, many of the zoo animals were killed. There was a lot of damage done to Sibley Park, to the zoo. Um, and there really, at this point, was no way to rebuild um, there were some efforts in the 70s to try to bring back the the zoo the way it was in that big heyday with these these lions and these monkeys and these bears. Um, but unfortunately, there was just no way to get the momentum behind So about it. that time is when the park, the zoo part of it kind of ended then. Yep, that's when the okay. zoo ended. And then it was more in the, the recent past where we've, we, I would say for a long time, we've had just kind of some of those, those little... Um, typical petting zoo animals right. we've had prairie dogs and things down there and then within the last decade or so is really when they've changed that the zoo area to be more of a farm and there's farm animals um so there's um lots of different farm animals down there right now did happen in the last 10 years yeah right? that's been a relatively because newer thing i remember when i first moved to mankato it was the park was there but it wasn't as Mm-mm. it wasn't as pretty i mean no. they've really just done a facelift mm-hmm. an amazing job down there now it's very welcoming to take your family down there. Exactly, exactly. And I think, you know, that's what I is the great thing about it. Sibley Park remains one of Mankato's most popular and highly visited parks. Um, and, it, you know, that's what it started as. You you can tell with that that a lot of the landscaping and the ideas behind the landscaping with the way that park's laid out with that grand lawn in the middle, mm-hmm. that dates all the way back to when the, the park was first set up back in the 1880s. They have that grand lawn and we still have that and we still celebrate it. Um, so we're very fortunate to have a beautiful um, Sibley Park down in our area. And we hope that you've enjoyed today's program as we've explored the history of Sibley Park. It hasn't always been all happy. I haven't shared all the happy stuff with you. Um, but it's the history of a place, um, a city park, a gathering place for all ages, from horse race tracks to Mutt and Jeff. No, not Jeff Lang. Um, to our beautiful Kiwanis holiday lights that we celebrate every year. Um, all of this information we share today comes from the archives of the Blue Earth County Historical Society. Until next time, we hope you see the history that surrounds you. You've been listening to Surrounded by History, a podcast from the Blue Earth County Historical Society, produced by Radio Mankato. For more information on this and other topics, visit BlueEarthCountyHistory.com or stop by the Blue Earth County History Center at 424 Warren Street in Mankato. Thanks for listening to Surrounded by History.